Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. With me again is Lacey Halpern of Zenium. Lacey, good to have you back. Happy to be here. So today I wanted to, I invited Lacey on. We wanted to talk about just really what HR and the role uh, on the leadership team. It's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I think um, HR department is kind of seen as the department of no, very compliance ori- oriented, maybe pushing paperwork around. And, you know, I think our opinion definitely as HR consultants at Zenium, it's a little bit different. Little different. And I wanted, I wanted to get your perspective on it. So what is the perception of HR with the, especially the companies that we're working with? You know, you're right that it has changed. I think it used to be seen as pretty administrative. And I think it it has shifted and HR really does have a seat at the table with the, with the leadership team. And I think the perception, at least with the clients especially that Zenium's working with and the clients that I'm working closely with, is that we're a partner and the the value really is in that businesses are looking at their people as a resource and especially with the challenges that many companies are facing right now retaining their talent and finding good talent really leaning on the hr team to support with that whether it's with recruiting or retention strategies i'm curious to to get your thoughts on when you think there was a shift because even before i mean i've been with zenium seven years plus and it seemed like even before then there was a shift when HR was still seen as that non-strategic mm-hmm. sort of paperwork oriented department mm-hmm. overhead. I mean, mm-hmm. we hear that quite a bit yes. when CFOs kind of look at, you know, the role in the company, they're seen as overhead. Right. But that has totally shifted. When when was that shift? That's such a good question. You know, I feel like, especially in the last two years, it's felt very different. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe four or five years ago is when we really started to see a shift. And some of that could be related to the the talent crunch, so the economy maybe shifting a little bit. I think business is focusing more on culture, and we've seen that probably really strongly in the last two years, um, and that the, the value of HR comes in supporting some of that, integrating culture into the people practices that they have. So it's hard to say, you know, I think the clients that we're working with especially see the value because they're they're buying HR as a service. So for the organizations that maybe aren't working with an outsourced HR provider, maybe they have been slower to get onto that movement. So I'm not quite sure exactly when, but especially the last two Can years. Can I make a prediction What I think when I think it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we came out of that recession, 2008, 2009, specifically 2009 is the end of it, I'm thinking, is when leaders of companies started really looking to HR for not only you know layoffs and whatnot, but really restructuring how how we utilize the people mm-hmm. and the resources. So it's sort of like reallocating what we already have mm-hmm. um, and doing more with less. So I, I kind of feel like 
leadership and HR really teamed up at that point, and it mm-hmm. took it took a really tough time to make that shift. Yeah, and I think sometimes the crisis is what brings you know people together, so teams and departments and. Yeah, absolutely. Businesses were doing more with less. Um, I think HR people supported owners in evaluating who are the most critical people that we need. And so supporting through those reductions in forces. And, you know, we even saw, though, that after that, with less people, do we really have a need to have a full-time HR person? And so I think there was a, there was shifts even in that those positions were either outsourced because they weren't needed full-time or were eliminated. And so as businesses needed to grow, I think HR became a resource too. Yeah. You know, and I would take it a step further in how people look at HR. I look at HR the same way I look at marketing in my role, mm-hmm. right? You, a company has to want to invest in marketing yes. and sales and for whatever, for that matter. Same goes with HR is I think you have to be forward-thinking it's a strategic, it can be a very strategic department and duty. And I think it starts at the, the leader level to, mm-hmm. to really want to put those resources and in, in make an investment in HR and the people mm-hmm. and the processes and all those yeah, things. Yeah, and thinking about the future too, because you, know, you think about big organizations, the Nikes, the Intel, those companies that have really defined HR roles, so people that are just focusing on recruiting and talent and those focusing maybe more on the administrative side of of HR and people. And I have clients that are small in comparison to those businesses that have even identified, you know, we have plans to grow and so we're going to hire part-time recruiters to focus on that because we want to invest in the future of our business and make sure that we're assigning and, and aligning talent to those those areas where we know we need it. So I think that has been a shift too in companies really saying, what are we going to need going forward? And thinking about HR as a, a piece of the company that can help the business grow and be more profitable. So I think that's changed too. So with that said, you have, let, let's say there's, there's an HR person listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. or there's a leader of a company that's listen to this podcast that's been screaming from the top of their lungs forever saying mm-hmm. we need HR it's going to get us to the next level mm-hmm. how do they get how do they get heard and how do they get that seat at the leadership table i think it it happens lots of different ways crisis you know that <laughs> that moment where it's like we we need support so a company that's in growth mode a person can't you know this is why we we see value or our clients see value from from working with us is um, there are so many different facets of HR and there's so many different pieces to the pie and to have one person hold all of that, mm-hmm. I mean, you it's like you can't have somebody be an expert in all areas and somebody might have strengths in relating to people and more of the employee relations but not the administrative side. So when, when things get overloaded, I can see that's where people show value. Um, or, or where HR becomes more valuable. You know, another way that, that you can, as an, if an HR person's listening to this podcast and you want to know, how do I get a seat at that table? I think just being knowledgeable about some of the things, um, the pain points for the, the business that you have and, and having business acumen, that, that helps too. So uh, being smart, being savvy, paying attention to what's happening with the business 
being connected to the sales and the marketing team to know what's coming down the pipeline so that you can support in identifying talent strategies to meet customer yeah. demands. That stuff is important too. So if you if you think about HR and what they're focused on now, what what should they be focusing on if they if they want to be seen as strategic and not seen as overhead? The needs of the business. Mm. So really paying attention to what does the company need? What do the people need? What would support retaining our people so we can meet our, our customers' demands? Where's the company going? Being mindful of the company's one, two, five-year business plan. Because if we can get ahead of the curve so that it's not that crisis mode and we're not cleaning up messes, you know, training training managers, adding value by, by having the leaders in the organization be equipped to handle the unexpected stuff that comes up, I think that's how you do it. So if you think of your own role, mm-hmm. in the consultant role, mm-hmm. you, have, you work with many different types of companies from size to industry to different, you know, they have different needs, right? Right. So varies. I, I want to know, from your perspective, the spectrum of how people value and or perceive HR and how you've sort of made progress mm-hmm. with your clients and getting them to think about HR differently. Yeah, that's such a, a big question. It's a big question. So, so maybe take a couple of those at a time. So maybe I can talk about the, the different ways that the companies that I'm working with are valuing it. You know, it's it's so different. I guess I, the first thing I think about is where is that company in terms of their life cycle? So you know, I have some new businesses. I work with a lot of companies that are either startups mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they've they've not been in business for for more than ten years, and so those companies are trying to get their infrastructure set up. So the value is in having access and resources um, to somebody who's a subject matter expert in it, and an administrative team here so that the right work is on the right desks, um, having access to knowing what other businesses in the Portland metro area are doing to share best practices. I think there's value in that. Um, I think you know one of the ways that I have gotten that seat at the leadership table with so many of my clients is just by building relationships. So taking a genuine interest in what they do, learning about what they do, spending time with them. You know, so often I think, you know, and I don't, I don't know why this is, but HR folks feel chained to their desk, you know, staying in their office, come see me if you have an issue. But, you know, I would challenge those people to get out on the floor, spend time with the employees, learn about their jobs, learn about the struggles that the supervisors and managers have. Um, and I think when you take a genuine interest in people and what makes them tick and what their, their struggles are and getting to know them as human beings, um, you are seen as a resource. People want to go to you. And having that foundation of a relationship, that has what I think really has um, solidified the the work that I'm doing with, with the companies. Yeah, I think it's a good point. It's like you could, HR could sit back and sort of have their little department and silo. But the way I, I would always think of HR is that you know, they are the human resources. They're, yeah. they're a layer of support for all those departments. So mm-hmm. I think your point is a good one in that you really need to build rapport yes. and communicate really effectively with all the other departments because they, I think, you know, kind of like the way our culture committee here is, as any of them, is we're, nice, we're a very good bridge between leadership and the departments or all the people. And mm-hmm. I think HR generally should 
be that. Absolutely, yeah, to, to be the liaison and the commun communication funnel between employees and supervisors and really to, you know, I see my role is to help people um, feel good about the work that they're doing and to, to give them the tools and resources to do it because usually what happens, especially I think about with supervisors and managers, is they're, they were high-performing people, high-performing employees in their roles, and they've been promoted. That's that's the ideal, you know. We, a lot of companies have the philosophy of, you know, wanting to develop their people. And, and I think sometimes people get promoted quickly and they don't have all the tools to be able to successfully lead, you know, other employees. And so I find that HR can show value in helping those people to to do well. People generally go to work to do a good job. Absolutely. I really believe that. And I think HR can support by adding, you know, an objective. That's kind of the third party consultant helps with that. But I think a real good HR professional um, that is seen as a valued resource is objective and mm. has strong boundaries, but is also relatable and understands the business. I think that's the most important thing, really understanding the business, especially when you're internal. I mean, you're there all the time. That's sometimes the challenge that I find is, you know, when you're working with lots of different companies, how do you get really um, a lot of good information and understand their business? And it's having conversations, spending time, asking good questions. Those, those things are important. It's interesting because I think in, in talking with people, just from my perspective, I'm not an HR person, but in talking with people about who are in HR or just their perception of HR, I think employees for the most part think HR is always on the side of the employer. Mm -hmm. And then when the, you know, the, the leaders of the company, they would also see HR as the employee, like just one of the employees uh -huh. or a, a non-strategic overhead type of role. And I think, I think we're slowly moving away from that to where we're, it's now a neutral mm -hmm. third party, sort of like how a mediator or arbitrator mm -hmm. would be. They, they really have this neutral party trying to get win-win on both sides. Mm -hmm. And really, and I think as we've like sort of focused on training and development and, and, and all those things, I think, people are starting to really look at HR as a development-focused mm -hmm. uh, department. Yeah, I agree. I think the more HR professionals can have have conversations with owners that and, and demonstrate impact and, and really show, you know, this is, this is what I'm hearing from employees and, and managers. This is what I think we need. This is how it aligns with the business goals. Being able to talk about that, having enough business acumen, and I, you know, I I will admit I didn't go to school for business. I have a psychology <laughs> degree, and I I got into this because I like people and I like talking to people and learning about people. And I think there has to be a balance, and yeah. so I've had to learn you know some of the basics. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have a foundation and you care about people and you are interested in business. I think people, you can be really successful and make a huge impact for the company that you're working with. That's well said. Well, um, I wanted to keep this discussion short, but it was a fun one. I appreciate yeah. you joining the podcast, Absolutely. Lacey. Absolutely. Um, for the listeners, thanks for the download today. I uh, hope you got a lot of value from it. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, the handle ZeniumHR and follow us on LinkedIn and, you know, and download on iTunes and whatnot. So we're, we're kind of everywhere, but we appreciate um, you following us. And until next time. Lacey's been joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www 
www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.